So, as you know, but now this Crafting and Grafting podcast is all about helping people and inspiring. And Paula definitely does both in this episode. Um, we had a really great chat, lots of laughs, and I think you're going to enjoy. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Once I have a goal, I go and get it. Well, if I could do it, anybody can do it. I'm not different to to anybody. And and if you don't know, that's that's not a an, an impediment for you to go and learn, ask for help, figure it out. Use I use hypnosis as a means for therapy, and hypnosis is about being suggestible. The, the number one job of your mind is to keep you safe. But I do use self-hypnosis for things that I need. You know, some years ago I went through really horrible things. Not in a million freaking gallion years I would have thought I would be in a position or have such a tool to help others. We all rise as a collective. Firstly, I want to congratulate you, in, not in any particular order, but recently you've got engaged. Also, Argentina have become world champions. Yes, thank you. <laughs> not in order of importance. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, it's worth noting, you're from Argentina and your partner, Neil, Niels, is from Holland. Yes, and we kick them out. <laughs> So how was that in the household? Oh my goodness, that was intense. You watched it together? Yeah, we watched it together. And then we had come to the agreement that whomever lost had to support the other one until the end, right? So (laughs) So that would have been hard for him. So yeah, it would have been awful for me. There's no way I was going to do it. But I was like, so by the end of that match, we were both holding hands. (laughs) Quiet. You're talking about the Argentina-Holland game? Yes. Right. Yeah, until the very last video, we were both like holding hands like these. And and then Argentina won and I just lost it. You know, I was screaming. I have a bubuzela and I'm outside <laughs> playing the bubuzela. I And Niels was really quiet. And it felt really bad because, yeah, you don't want to rub it in. But yeah, hell, we <laughs> just get you out and we passed. <laughs> so it was difficult, but... So for that week, you did a lot of gardening and set out of your way quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was just high and <laughs> from the distance, you know. Yeah. But he he understood, you know, and then he had to put up with me until we got the cup. Well, I guess it's good for Holland to see the team that knocked him out to go on and win because it almost says they're the yes, second best team in yes, a way. exactly. So he naturally becomes your supporter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole world supported Argentina. Well, I definitely did. I was so happy to see him win. Everybody. I think that there was not one Argentinian who was not celebrating and feeling so proud about being Argentinian. Yeah. Like, it was just... So important for you guys, for part of your culture. Yeah. Well, it's part of our culture and it's also part... I know the reality of Argentina is pretty hard at the moment, so Mm. it's actually really good for the entire country as a nation, you know? Something uplifting, something to celebrate that had nothing to do with the everyday dramas that go on there. Yeah, because it's tough, you know, especially through COVID. There's so many disappointments and things to complain about it's finally to have something to celebrate it's yeah. just and you guys did celebrate and we do know how to celebrate as you would have seen um, yeah. but yeah but even here I don't know I, I remember for the last match I told all my neighbours around I said look because um, it was being played on a Monday morning and I told everybody look just so you know Argentina is on the final the football World Cup and if you, unless you want to be awakened at six o'clock in the morning or whatever, because it was really early in the mornings, I think you should consider taking an extended long weekend in Wanaka or something. <laughs> because if we win, there's going to be noise. And all of my neighbors responded really well. And they were laughing and it featured, you know, eventually there was a lot of noise because I went out with my bubusela and, <laughs> and then there was this neighbor who's German, like three houses further down. 
and I could hear her with a trumpet answering every time I would blow my bubble. Really? Said, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. So, I don't know, it was a big celebration. Yeah. Even here, you know, in this little part of the world. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think. People really buy joy. into that. They see their joy in the celebration mm. and you can't help but like yeah. it. Yeah. And that day I was um, wearing my wig the Argentinian wig, right? <laughs> and then I had a new client showing up first thing in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the match had just finished. And then this client shows up. I've never seen him before. He's never seen me before. And I'm there wearing my Argentinian match. There's Argentinian flags all around. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, hi, whatever. What are we doing? And, you know, he's really serious. And he's seriously looking at my wig. And then I'm like, oh, and as you know, we just won the World Cup. I don't wear these every day, but you know, just because he was late. Yeah. And he was, um, he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm like, oh, you caught me on a really good day. You know, we just won. Yeah. And he looked at me. He didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, the football World Cup? Oh, I don't follow football. I'm like, but well, surely you would have heard of the World Cup. Yeah. I'm like, never mind. I said, I never wear this week. Like, it's just today. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that guy must still think I'm a fruitcake or something. Yeah. Like, was he a repeat client? He, no, he hasn't come back yet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but his I wife booked him in. His wife booked him in. And then I explained to him, and he's laughing eventually, right? Yeah. And I said... I told him, you must have thought your, your wife, you know, was absolutely bonkers, like sending you to have a treatment with me who was <laughs> a blue wig, you know. Yeah. But no, he got it. Eventually he got it. And I thought, oh my gosh, Paula, be professional. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, well, Paula, usually with these podcasts, I bring uh, my guests right back to the start and just talk a little bit about the environment you grew up in and your childhood and where you come from. Right, so what got me here to New Zealand, you mean, or to where I am now? Or? Oh, just to give people a bit of a picture of what um, your life was like in Argentina, how you grew up. Um, back in Argentina, I grew up in a family that was quite conservative. Mum mm-hmm. and dad very conservative, and then it's me and then a younger sister. And we're four years apart, and my mum stopped working when I was born. She used to be a teacher. Oh, okay. And I became her little project. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it was very strict, you know, like my mm. upbringing was really strict. Yeah. Typical family, dad would work, mum was at home. And I had a I had a really good childhood mm-hmm. in Patagonia. I got the best memories. Yeah. I still have my childhood friends and I'm in contact with them. And yeah. it's actually really, really nice. So it was kind of, it was a good lifestyle, but maybe a little bit constricted. and Very. Yeah. Uh, you think very maybe much. that's why you ended up becoming someone who travels? Yes, and, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, 100%. Something inside you was... Yeah, yeah. I was, we were very lucky in, in the fact that my dad would always take us on holidays. I was always able to go and travel, right? Mm-hmm. I have a, a summer holiday somewhere, and then in winter we'll go and visit grandparents and stuff. So for me traveling or going on holiday was something you valued was something I valued and I yeah. loved and I had fun and it was like a given you know mm-hmm. when you're a kid you take those things for granted when you become an adult and you have to pay for them you realize how lucky you were when you were a kid right yeah yeah but uh, so but that was always inside of me because I grew up with that and then yeah my parents finally enough they wouldn't let me travel alone I couldn't go on a trip with friends or you know, the typical scenario, I don't know, your neighbors are going on holidays and they invite you to come with them. Yeah. No, I wasn't allowed. Mm. We would not be allowed, me or my sister either. So I always had that itch to travel alone and yeah. to go and do it. Always I craved that possibility. And I yeah. would always see all my friends going on mini holidays or even weekends away with other families that mm. were not their families and I felt quite I don't know jealous you know I want to do that yeah, why yeah. can't I have that and that really pushed me I had to wait until I was legally allowed to do that yeah. and then pretty much ejected myself as fast that. as you could <laughs> as fast as I could yeah and, I, same, yeah and I guess I had to stop since then because it's taken me a while to settle, you know, because yeah. I always had traveling on my priority list. Just exploring new environments and learning and... Yeah, and meeting people and other cultures. Yeah. I always had that 
a crave very, very deep inside of me. So I made it a mission in a way. It's funny how you ended up in Queenstown because it's kind of like a melting pot of a lot of travellers or a lot of transient people, you know? Yeah. And then just cultures from all over the world. And when I uh, when I got to Queenstown, it was very transient. Like people come mm. for the season and then leave. Yeah. Whether you were here for the hiking season or for the skiing season or snowboarding, if yeah. you were a snowboarder. And I stayed. What do you think kept you here? The quietness, the easiness, the beauty. You know, Queenstown was such a small little village and everybody kind of knew everybody. Yeah. It was really simple, but yet full of adventures. Yeah. And everything was possible, really. Like, it didn't matter what kind of job you were doing. I guess, you know, you're younger, you also have zero responsibilities. You know, you have a mortgage, you know, (laughs) you have kids or dogs, you know. (laughs) So it doesn't really matter what you're doing, but it was the possibilities that it didn't matter what you were doing or what work you were working at. You always had the possibility to save, which for me was crucial, so that you could travel. Yeah. <laughs> and back then, because we did have those, uh, you know, the high season and the low mm. season, we're so very well marked because nothing happened in yeah. between seasons. Your employer was always happy to see you go like if you if I go and say hey look I yeah. want to take a month and a half of holiday two months they were like yeah perfect as long as you come back because back then not many people come back so it suited your lifestyle perfectly so it was perfect for me yeah you found freedom and found yourself I guess I've also lived like young wild and free for many years and I found living this way has helped me stumble into some amazing experiences and amazing relationships with people but on the flip side it's also I've stumbled into some sticky situations yes. that I shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> um, I wondered how has your experience been at the beginning I was just so into wow this is great this is easy mm-hmm. you know I never ever made a plan yeah. like um, your plan was no plan my plan was always no plan my plan <laughs> was like you know where am I going to travel next I never really had that full awareness of I should have a plan so you know eventually I can settle down you know uh buy a piece of land a house or something somewhere and you know no I never had that I didn't have that plan so in a way I wish I I would have had that so maybe I would have been a bit more diligent on that part of my life which I wasn't yeah um but it was a learning progress process you know like i i feel like i do things backwards from most of people yeah. <laughs> like, me too i even I mean, read books backwards <laughs> yeah. so then eventually i was like oh okay paula you're like 30 something and everybody around you you know has gotten married yeah. having children some are already getting a divorce and they already have a house we're planning and you are still thinking about where are you going to travel next? That's the only thing that I, that I sometimes think, oh, that's what I would redirect a little bit or what I would have yeah. done a little bit better or more in order, I think. I mean, I did well anyways. Yeah, yeah. I always think the same thing because I was the very same, you know. I didn't really care about a house. Yes. My friends were saving for houses. Same. Yeah, and I, it wasn't on my uh, radar at all. No, or the car or yeah. the latest gadget or whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't waste my money on Lonely Planets back then. No, no, yeah. we're talking Stone Age. Well, I just feel <laughs> it's not Stone Age. Well, I'm from the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but um, I just feel like I've had this chat with similar friends and I just feel like I wouldn't be where I am today without those years. No. So I I can't really regret it, you know. It's just part of the path, part of the journey. No, 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 no. No regrets at all. I don't regret it. But it's the only thing where I think, oh, I think there was a time, there must have been obviously clearly a time when I thought, okay, I do need to think about retirement because it's going to happen and I'm still going to be traveling around. Yeah. And and I think... uh, One of the things that got me to, you know, settle and think about, you know, a home and all of that was like, right, I'm sick and tired of not being able to buy everything I want when I travel so that I could put on my walls, my own walls. Because you're always renting. Mm, You can't put whatever you want on the walls. exactly how you feel, yeah. So then you're traveling and you don't buy things because what are you going to do with that? (laughs) And then I decided, yep, I'm going to get my house. I'm going to put everything I want in it. And then I got my house and then COVID came across and then... (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't put what I want in it, but that's a different story. You're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you. <laughs> just, yeah, just on that whole period of, um, of uh, traveling and freedom. If you were to pick out one highlight, just one, uh, what would it be? Does anything spring to your mind? Traveling. Yeah, experience, place you've been or experience you've had or... Um, something you got the most out of I think the constant on the travels that I've done most of my travels have been by myself really and the constant has been these unknown because you know you could have an idea of where you're going and what mm. you want to do but until you get there you really don't know and I think in a way I belong to that generation that was lucky enough to travel where internet wasn't quite a thing and you know cell yeah. phones were not there and you didn't have a gps and yeah. it's not that you will make a booking online it's like uh, all the people going to roy's peak to get the photo yes queuing. no so they're going with an expectation of a view that they've Ex- seen on instagram exactly and and, and you, we didn't have that back then so for yeah. me it was that constant of it always worked out uh, it didn't mm. matter where i went i knew a few things but yeah. nothing was 100 percent guaranteed and i've arrived to places where I didn't even have accommodation and sorted out for that yeah. night and it's always just worked out and it all yeah. worked out so I think that is what I take away from yeah. from traveling like in a way the universe always has had my back yeah so it strengthened your um, belief in your instincts or your faith totally yeah. and and also the people you meet when you're traveling yeah. Because sometimes maybe people say, oh, wasn't it scary or whatever. Maybe maybe in some occasion it could have been scary, but most of the times you also find really nice people willing, yeah. genuinely willing to help and yeah. to point you into the right direction or yeah, to guide you. And if you make a point of looking into that, that reinforces your drive to keep going, yeah. to just not doing it out of fear. Yeah. I've always been looked after by something bigger than me I guess yeah brilliant and you've probably learned you're speaking about meeting people I think a lot of time we have preconceptions of how people are and sometimes maybe negative ideas mm. before we've even met mm. a particular type of person and when you meet a person and chat to them face to face you realise we're just the same yeah yeah we are the same we all have goals fears dreams yeah and yeah. stories <laughs> I guess it really opens your mind travelling yeah it was my goal and my mojo you know, for most of my life. And it still is. It's just that now, obviously, the reality is different. Now I have a business, I have a house, I've got a family. So it's yeah. like, it's not that I just pack and go, like to do before. So it's still, it's rewarding in, in very different aspects, right? And when I travel now, I've got different traveling goals as well. Yeah. And maybe more of an appreciation for it because you've had to work a little bit harder to free up that time to yes. do it. Yeah, it's like leaving everything in order, <laughs> doing extra calculations. <laughs> yeah. I know you're very good at that. Your time management. We'll get we'll get to that later in the podcast as well. But just to keep it on the storyline, I guess after your traveling experiences, the next big thing in your life is sort of settling here yes. in New Zealand. One thing I'm curious about, and I just like to get your views, because my partner is from Argentina, also Marina. I've got um, lots of friends from South America and Argentina, and some South Americans have told me they don't really get the same chances here in New Zealand because of where they're from. That's the feeling they had. This is not everybody, mm. um, and I was really taken back by that. I was surprised because yeah. my experience in New Zealand uh, as an immigrant, I felt really welcomed and felt I had the same opportunity as everyone else, and. That's something I loved about it here. And I just wondered, um, as you as a South American, how, how did you feel? Did you experience any of that? or Not really. I'm pretty much on your page on this one. I feel like I always had the same opportunities as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is perhaps my own personal opinion. On saying that, I also know that speaking the language also made this possible. Perhaps yeah. it might not be the same scenario for someone who, who can't speak the language yeah. because obviously that restricts your possibilities. Luckily, I never had that barrier and I always took advantage of any possibility that was presented to me regardless of that like I was always aware and I'm still aware that I do have an accent that I still make mistakes and I will always make mistakes and Mm. I'll always have an accent because 
you know, this stage after almost 18 years here, whatever, mm. it's not going to change, right? You're doing it in your second language, so... Well, if I could do it, anybody can do it. I'm not different to, to anybody. And luckily, I never had that. But also, um, there were moments, not many, there were one or two moments when I felt perhaps looked down a lot from someone else, you know, like a Kiwi or, or an yeah. English speaker. And it also depends on where you're standing with your self-confidence and mm -hmm. your self-worth, your self-value, you know, yeah. that's also very important. And I remember one of the first, you know, it, it did happen in a work environment and, and I felt horrible. And I could have just stayed with that inside of me and let it chew through the inside, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And then I thought, no, what did this person know about myself? How does this person there to mm. make such a stupid comment or, you know, because I thought it was out of place. And I and I actually went to someone else, you know, an, an, an English speaker and, and, and shared this with. And, and he told me, wow, I'm really sorry, please. You know, he was apologizing for this other person. Mm. And I said, no, I, I went back and I, and I spoke up. Sorry, I, I actually told this person, look. Well, you said, study out of place. What do you know? Who do you think you are? How oh, dare yeah. you? Have you ever been in a in a different country where you don't speak the language? When you know, yeah. like good on you for sticking it to that person. But I think, yeah, it was like a learning curve for me. It was the first time, so mm -hmm. the you know, and it's only happened you know two or three times, two yeah. twice that I can you know really clearly think about it. But it's also your self worth that plays a role in these as well when you have confidence in yourself yeah then you know you have the same opportunities as anybody else so it's other you know you compare yourself to down or up you know where do you want to project your view to so yeah but it's understandable that you might be insecure because it is your second language and oh, totally you're really out of your comfort zone definitely yeah. and and especially back then when I, you know, I had only been in the country for a couple of years, you know. But I also do understand those ones who perhaps may think they haven't had the same opportunity. I'm not sure. Maybe it is because of the language barrier. I've never experienced it myself yeah. in such an extent. So, yeah. And if we were to sum it up, if, you, if I was to put it in one concrete question, would you say your heritage, where you've come from, has been a help? Or a hindrance? Oh, you're squeezing my brain. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess it has helped because it has pushed me to break through those things that I thought were, you know, restraining me. And so that self-worth and self-confidence has grown as a result. It has grown, yeah, because I had to overcome them. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a learning process. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. The, it's like the suitcase you come with. What are you going to do? You know, keep wearing the same clothes all the time or are you going to eventually yeah, yes. renew the clothes and you know, update it yeah. a little bit? We're always evolving. You know, and also what kind of suitcase you want to keep carrying? The one without the wheels or put some wheels on it and make it lighter, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like that. But I, like I think what I, <laughs> the baggage I came with has definitely helped me yeah. be where I am now. So yeah, I met you, um, I want to say maybe six years ago. Yeah. Um, when me and my friends were looking to learn um, Spanish. And yeah. We were English Spanish teacher at the time. And even then, and I know you've continued this, you told us about all the different things you were doing, like you were doing English teaching, mm. um, massage therapy, you were doing the bookkeeping for another company. And yeah probably some other things so i think you're one of the hardest working people i know <laughs> and i wanted to know my question was where do you get the drive and the determination to work so hard where does that come from well this is the thing that i like i think i've learned to thank you for the compliment though <laughs> it's really nice to hear that um it's nice to be recognized it's nice to hear it yeah, yeah. it's nice to hear it um I think I've gone through different stages from working really hard to working really smart, then work with what you've got and then making a combo out of all of that. Okay. And the drive has always been, once I have a goal, I go and get it. Mm -hmm. 
Like I'm a really good goal setter. I yeah. do have goals and plans and I do all this fine work behind them, you know, the, the smart thing. Have you heard of that? You know, if you can measure them, if they're realistic and all of that. And and for me, I don't know, I think I've done, I've had the possibility and the opportunity to do so many different things since I've been in New Zealand and I've learned so many different skills and I've always wanted to improve and move on. And, and then it's really hard to say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore because obviously there's... But what's driving you? What's... The drive is is to be happy doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's the drive. Content. Content. I'm mm-hmm. happy doing what I'm doing. There's no way on earth I'll be doing a job I don't like. Work. That's part of the formula. It's part of the recipe. I don't know, but work, the moment work becomes a burden, I don't do it. So it's, you know that the... What's the the right way of saying that? You do something you like doing and you don't work another day in your life or something like that? I don't know how it... Yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And it is pretty much like that. You know, what gives me doing all the things I do? I love them all. And I keep the best memories of all of those things that I've I've done. Mm -hmm. And I want to improve myself in all the things that I do. And if I stop enjoying them then I stop doing them. That's non-negotiable because yeah. one thing that is never, ever going to come back is time. So as long as, you realize that. as long as we're not wasting time, mm. we're moving forward. I guess by doing that, by doing the thing you love and not continuing to do it if the love isn't there, it means you're fully involved, you're fully passionate, you're giving it everything. So. And I'm 100% what I'm meant to be doing. Like, mm. So many people, and I'm friends too, are Pala, you should stop doing these or that. You, you can see on the different aspects of the businesses that I ran, obviously there's some that give me a, a lot more money than others, okay? Yeah. And many of my friends who are more money-driven. And, and it's not that I'm not money-driven, but it, that's not just it. Mm-hmm. It's never been. I think the key of my own personal success has been that, that I've never been just money-driven. So when they come and say, why don't you just stop that? You could be doing a lot more, blah, blah, blah. Just cancel these because, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Is that satisfaction that I get doing these, the satisfaction that I get doing that, and that satisfaction, sometimes money can't just... Um, I get it, yeah you know give it or i don't know for me it's just being happy that's that's the drive and obviously having clear goals and making it work i do have bills to pay like everybody else and yeah you gotta be realistic but i also know that this life is only short and i also want to enjoy it so yeah yeah so you touched on yes sometimes it's a necessity even though you're not fully money driven but you have to pay the bills and Mm. um queenstown is a beautiful place but also a very expensive place to go home yes and I see you've managed to buy your own little slice of paradise here in Bannockburn. So mm. congratulations. Thank you. And this will show people that it's possible because there's a lot of people out there. It's daunting, you know, getting the first home in this area. Oh. So, yeah, it's good Like that you've done it is, is an example to someone else that, you know, you can do it. You can do it. I always tell everybody if I was able to do it anyone can do it like what do i know about this is what i tell people what do i know about finances what do i know about whatever properties what do i and and the thing is you don't know anything until you start learning and if you don't know that's not a an an impediment for you to go and learn ask for help figure it out but you want to want it that's where it starts you have to want it otherwise you know no one's going to come and give it to you i remember when i started doing spanish me and Marina were also looking for a house or a section. Mm. I remember seeing you guys just after pulling away from um, house viewing as we were going. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, wow, these guys are on the same sort of thing. And it's funny how things change through life. You've ended up here and now we're moving overseas. But um, everyone finds their own mm. path, I guess, yes. and what works for them. Yeah, and I'm sure that was also a learning experience for you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like I say, you have to go through these things you to, have to go get a better understanding of what you want, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So yeah, well, well done for that. I was wondering, like, in getting a house, it's especially for someone who has their own business, because the banks think the um, uh, <laughs> small business owner is very risky. Mm-hmm. They don't want to just give you money mm-hmm. easily. So, mm-hmm. what have been the big challenges that you've had to overcome, or big obstacles you faced on? Um, perhaps I don't know if it was a challenge or not. Like, I always, I was always really tidy with my books and everything right so I knew that obviously when you start asking what is the bank gonna ask for what does they need and you know you start coming up with a list of a bunch of things that they want to see so I've been very diligent on on keeping those 
on track so that you know they could see and so it wasn't a challenge because in a way I was prepared but probably because also I am very organized <laughs> in, a, in a way mm-hmm. right I have to be because of all the different things I've always done yeah. so I have to be very organized so that was a big thing that I I am happy I didn't have to get too stressed about because when talking to other ones that was the first thing that everybody was struggling with yeah do you see? So, so I was like, oh, okay. For me, it, the struggle was to understand the fine letter of how numbers and interest rates work, right? <laughs> For me, that's like Chinese. But, yeah, me too. But the, yeah, <laughs> still is, you know, I'm liking Neil's is good at that. But um, I think that what I thought was going to be the biggest challenge wasn't in the end such a, a challenge. I think for me, the biggest challenge was to say, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it because there is a risk. There is fear. And then you think like, oh yeah, once the bank says yes or whatever, we buy it. That's it. <laughs> and no, that's, that's not it. It's just the Sorry. beginning <laughs> of a whole other bunch of things that you're going to come up with, right? I feel, don't you think so? Like, Oh, well, it's all ahead of me. I've just had a realisation that, yeah, it's a long road ahead. But, yeah, we're about to buy our own first home as well soon. So, mm. And that's not the end, is it? No, yeah. it's, it's like it's the beginning of, of another journey. So I think that for me, the, the big challenge was to say, OK, perhaps because I knew I would have to settle. And the first thing that was going to be compromised was my travelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's face it. That must have hurt. <laughs> that, was the, that was the challenge. <laughs> no, no, think about it. Yeah. Right. Um, Life is full of compromise. You have to pay. <laughs> sometimes you have to, you know, pick your battles and then go from there. These challenges and battles and obstacles that you've had have led you to a great place and you've got a beautiful house here and you're finally in a place where life is sort of giving back, you know, all that good energy you've put out and now you've got this wonderful um, safe haven of a home. Do you think this is the best place you've been in your life so far? Yes, absolutely. In in all and any possible way, like not just the achievement um, is the feeling of having somewhere where I can receive people, like where I can welcome people, where I could help others, mm-hmm. um, having a safe place, but not just for me, for others. Because the truth is that since I came to New Zealand, there's always been people, you know, giving me a hand or, you know, I've always been looked after and mm-hmm. there's always been a lending hand. And I think that I always admired that and I always thought, oh, I wonder if I will ever, ever be able to be that person who can tell someone who's going through any hardships, just come over, you've got a room, you don't have to worry about it, you know, because I, I was not in a position to do that. And now I think I am. And is that rewarding, that, that reward that is also really important and, and moving in a way that yeah. that's one of the things that I say yeah I think I am in a really good spot and I've done it all with someone I love and mm-hmm. and it's been great and it continues to be great awesome and I think it's good to have the opportunity to share because I think we all raise in a community you know nobody it's so does it yeah alone so it's Pay it forward, all that yeah, help you've got and, yeah, yeah I think it's it's good and also be Living more in tune with what I believe in, you know, like yeah. nature and sustainability and living as organic as you can and living in a way that you don't leave too many marks behind you, right? Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to leave an imprint, but, you know, the right one. So I think that now we are in a position where we can actually do that and learn mm, more, perhaps in a, in a bigger yeah. scale too, and also inspire others or involve others. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't have, you know, they're not there yet, mm-hmm. but they're happy to, to help and contribute, like, with, with with little things. Like I was telling you about, you know, the, the jars of honey, yeah. you know, like we got, we got beehives and... and 
and getting some other people that you know are happy helping by collecting those jars for us because they understand the value of it and yeah so and that's how a community works you know you get yeah. the jars from the cafe and then maybe you give them a couple of jars of honey exactly. in return. <laughs> that's what's happening yeah, yeah they're going to get a, a yeah. bag this week and all the time you're having these transactions with people you're strengthening your bonds within the community and mm. you become a collective that all looks out for each other yeah and it's really good I think it's a lot of people struggle to find community here because it's so transient mm. so yeah. I'm really happy to hear you found that place in your life in this house that you can actually give back and have a safe haven for people to come to mm. it's very nice and mm. you said you'd like to inspire people that's exactly what we're trying to do here in the podcast you know it's a way of sharing yeah. your story and I think some of the listeners will be inspired yeah I hope so, so. Well, thank you for thanks that. for sharing you oh, know. thank you for that <laughs> yeah. thank you for doing the, the podcast you know yeah, yeah. well look I enjoy it um, for <laughs> me it's a great way to it. have a chat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the, for the listeners, it's also a really good way to learn so many other things that perhaps didn't even cross their minds. Yeah. And and get inspired. Yeah. And for me, the big thing is just, well, a, a, like a blueprint. Just someone similar for, that has done it before yes. to show you it's possible. Mm. That would be the big takeaway from me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was searching for that for many years and I found it difficult to find, actually. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this podcast can give it to other people. I'm sure it will. Hopefully, yeah. This is how I usually end the podcast, but I've got a few more questions okay. if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can talk for hours now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it in Spanish if you want. Well, that would be a short conversation in my half. <laughs> you spoke a little bit how you like to have this environment where you can help people, and that's also seen in your work. Your work is very much in the health and wellness area massage, meditation, yoga, and of course, hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd like to zoom in on the hypnotherapy mm-hmm. because I'm both skeptical and <laughs> a little bit curious as well. Yeah. So I'd like to tell you, I went to a famous hypnotherapist in Ireland. His name oh. was Keith Barry and he's, he was huge in Ireland and America as well. Mm-hmm. And he used to do these shows and I was, I was skeptical, but it was a good show. Like it mm-hmm. was good entertainment regardless. Mm. So was but, that stage hypnosis? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, know, I know that's not uh, quite right, what you right, do. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and I put up my hand to go on stage. and um, That's brave. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I wanted to know, you know. Is this real? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And he'd done this thing with his first where we close our eyes and imagine you've got a book in your hand and there was maybe 14 people he brought up on stage. Mm-hmm. And then um, we all done it and apparently I didn't do it right. So he said he picked me and maybe six more to sit back down. Yeah, that's right. Because they select you. Yeah. yeah. So then in my mind that confirmed that it's all bullshit. That's right. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying it definitely was bullshit um, because maybe I was trying to prove him wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But why I'm telling you this is basically to set up you're practicing in hypnotherapy. How do you convince a skeptic like me? Right. Well, I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to convince anybody. You have to get to your own conclusions, right? All I can do is give you information so that you can, you know, make your own opinion or come to, you know, your own conclusion. Mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't know how to do stage hypnosis because I've got no idea how that yes. is done. No, no. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine me on a stage? <laughs> Um, that would be fun. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've got enough on my plate now. <laughs> but I I understand where you're coming from because I've got lots of people and even lots of clients who come and, and they are skeptical, but yet they're willing to give it a go or they are open to get rid of a problem or a solution. You know, you need to understand that the hypnosis I use, and I use hypnosis as a means for therapy and hypnosis is about being suggestible. It's about being in a very relaxed state of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. So your conscious mind goes away and your subconscious mind comes afloat and we can have an honest conversation between myself and your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. We all have a subconscious mind, whether you believe it or not, mm-hmm. right? Or so. I do believe it. So that subconscious mind is always running. It never, ever shuts down. And even when we're having this logical, you know, conscious conversation, mm-hmm. your subconscious mind is, is really aware of many other things and is running behind the scenes. When we do hypnotherapy, right, when we use hypnosis to sort something out or to explore something that is going on, we pretty much relax the mind so that the conscious mind 
goes away and the subconscious mind shows up. And that's when we can have a conversation where it's not that you don't know where you are and then you wake up and you don't know where you've been. It's nothing to do with that. It's a conversation where we tap into feelings and we explore things that have got to do with whatever your issue is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... When we finish with the with the session after exploring different scenes or memories, or perhaps they're not even memories that have happened to you, you you, you can't remember on a conscious level, but your your subconscious mind shows you. Like some people go yeah. back into the mother's womb or anything, you know, and they can hear or feel. Is that visual for the person? Some people are very visual. Some people are not visual at all. So it's all about feelings. Mm-hmm. Right, some people sense more than see, some people hear more than see, and that's why everybody has such different experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't really convince you until you actually say, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna openly try. Mm-hmm. If you're already going into the session with this is not gonna work. It's not going to work because you're already telling your mind exactly what you wanted. Yeah. Your mind does what it thinks you wanted to do. So you keep repeating, it's not going to work and I'm going to prove it. Your mind is going to go, I'm going to help you and I'm going to make this not work so that you can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You but have the, to allow yourself, you have to open your mind to the just possibility open your mind and, uh, to exploring and the possibilities and, and, and then perhaps come to a conclusion and i'm not saying that hypnotherapy is for everybody okay it's like you know not every treatment suits everybody some people love acupuncture some people hate acupuncture some people love massages and people you're right like it's very personal of course but this thing of oh is it real or no it is real now whether it's going to work or not it depends on how open you are with yourself not with your therapist or or anything yeah because your subconscious mind is going to be the one talking, not yeah. the therapist. Yeah, I, I hear everything you're saying because um, I had an accident in the last couple of years and I didn't do hypnotherapy, but mm-hmm. yeah, I got a psychologist slash psychotherapist mm-hmm. and that helped me with the injury. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of these beliefs and I was very um, uh, skeptical as well. Mm-hmm. But he explained some things about the subconscious to me and, and talked to me and proved my beliefs wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Not him telling me you're wrong no it's letting me come to the conclusion that it doesn't make sense and how i understood it is yeah your your conscious mind builds up lots of habits and lots of things to protect you so you deny certain things yeah what i'm realizing here speaking to you is that you're getting past all that bullshit or all those things that deny the truth to just deal with the real issues Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah, honesty, I suppose. Because then your number one, the, the number one job of your mind is to keep you safe in this planet. Yeah. Okay. So then we come into the planet, right? And we start growing and things start happening to us, you know, the life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> things like life. And we attach, you know, we, we start experiencing all these feelings, okay? And all these emotions. So your subconscious mind is recording, oh, this happened and this is what, sh- you, what felt. you felt. And I'm going to store these. And then another thing. And, and then something similar happened. And then you go and confirm, oh, this is what happens. Every time this happens, this is how you feel. So I'm going to keep you safe from these. And, and that's how you start making your beliefs. And then your beliefs become you, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you were little, a dog came and chased you. And then you grow up being so scared of dogs and thinking all your all the dogs are here to harm you, right? Yeah. That's just taking it to a very... Yeah. Easy way. It's defense mechanism. Yeah. Okay, but until you go and see in your subconscious mind that that was, you know, a one-off or perhaps it was a puppy chasing you and you saw it with yeah. the eyes of a child as a massive threat, yeah. you realize that there's no need to be scared. And that's when you can let go of that feeling when you are in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And that's how you rewire your thought with good suggestions. This is how it works in therapy. It's not that anybody, I don't think anybody will come and convince you. It's you yourself opening up to new possibilities and finding out by yourself, you know. I understand your concerns. I mean, I didn't believe 100% in it until I... To be honest, yeah, I have been sceptical in the past and and now I'm maybe a little bit more curious because of my experience with the psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm hearing everything you're saying and it makes sense, you know, so I could say you've convinced me. Um, so do you ever use hypnosis for a personal gain for example getting your partner to do the dishes I wish <laughs> no and I guess I'll never win that battle because he cooks I do the dishes 
Mm. <laughs> so I, can't, I can't have it all, right? <laughs> no, but I do use self-hypnosis for things that I need. And I tell myself and I do myself recordings that, you know, right. reminding myself of what I need and how I want it. And I make them very visual, very graphic. And, and that really helps me. You know, some years ago, I went through really horrible things and I developed a fear of flying. <laughs> Can you imagine me scared of flying like... My number one goal in life was to travel everywhere. And then I saw a plane and I would panic and not panic, but I would, you know, I, I, I just didn't want to get on a plane. I would sweat, all sort of things that I never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, you know, with, after you do so much work with hypnotherapy and these and that and so many other things, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get rid of these. So I do use it for, for things that are going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> But me, you know, me being the subject, not. Wow, that's so interesting. You know, I've got a very good friend, uh, Donald. He might be listening to this. He lives in Christchurch. Mm. Hi, he, Donald. He, hi, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Hi, Donald. This might help you. He, yeah, so he's been in two incidents on a plane mm. where the plane has had to emergency land. Oh, yeah. One where I think there was a whole lot of smoke coming out of the engine and mm. stuff. and. Mm. And since then, he's had a fear, and he lives here in New Zealand, and but it's he pretty hard when you home in years. It's pretty hard when you yeah. live in an island, and and yeah. this is yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he's ever really thought of or considered um, no therapy, but maybe it's an option for him. I mm. think he was looking into simulations at for at one stage, like flight simulators, mm-hmm. to sort of conquer the fear in that way. But I think he is planning to go visit the world, and so maybe he's overcome it. But this. It's very powerful. I've got a recording and and I've got it on my phone. So when I get in on the plane, the first thing I do is put my headphones on and I play that recording um, when we take off and when we land. Yeah. And if I feel there is turbulence or whatever, I just go into self-hypnosis and that's all I have to do. And I went from not wanting to get on a plane to you know and for me traveling is huge and not to mention we live in an island right like it's not that you've got the option of <laughs> a train to give home or you could get in a boat yeah extended holidays <laughs> i've used it on marina hypnotherapy what what, what do you use <laughs> for marina every night when yeah. she falls asleep yeah <laughs> I'm scared now. I whisper in her ear. <laughs> you want to live in Ireland. Is that what you've done? You want Is to that have a you home in Ireland. Yeah. Good news. Took three years. Perfect. Every night. There you go. Now she's going and she's happy. And, and she's happy. Work. She's thrilled. She can't wait. Good job. You see, the subconscious mind is always listening. <laughs> Especially when you're sleeping. Do you think, I know it's a joke, but Good do you job. think... It, that you could do that rewire someone's mind I don't think it I believe it I don't think it I extremely believe it like I tell parents because sometimes I see children or teenagers you know but obviously not with teenagers but with with kids Um, I always tell the the parents when they're sleeping just go and whisper on their ear exactly what they need to hear so that they can overcome whatever is going on because they will remember the subconscious mind will always remember Always, if you whisper to a baby and you tell a baby how much he's loved, how much he's cherished and how fortunate, how invincible, how amazing he is or she is, the baby will never forget that, Mm. ever. So, yeah, you might have done an amazing hypnotherapy work there with Marina, you know, (laughs) (laughs) without knowing. Yeah. She wakes up then the next morning talking about Ireland. And there you go. Listening you know, to Irish music. Next, next thing she's going to be singing. <laughs> she wears a green jumper to work. Speaking the lingo, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. To, just to go back on a more serious note, I read on your website, because um, I was researching last night, you say you can access past life regressions, mm. um, revisiting memories of the past lives or reincarnations. Mm. This for me is like, yeah very alien out there yeah yeah I can um, understand can you help rationalise it or ma- help me understand okay yeah um, 
So that comes from the premise, like, it's a, it's a belief system too, Niall. Like, if some people do believe in past lives and reincarnations, okay, and these is an area where everybody's got their own beliefs, right? Mm. If you were brought up a certain way under a certain religion or a system of beliefs, and that is what rocks your boat and makes you happy and, and works for you, then great. Some people are really open and have felt these experiences that don't make sense or or don't seem to make sense and then they connect it to a past life experience. So would that be them in some form of energy in a past life? Exactly. So we are all souls, right? We we all have an essence, right? Mm -hmm. You can call it energy, soul, or whatever it is that you want to call it, Mm -hmm. okay? But you're not just your physical body. So I call it a soul, right? So we all have a soul. We are all souls and we're all energy. Yeah. I do believe that we, we come into this life because we have cycles to... To break and lessons to learn to keep evolving as souls okay and the way we do it is by obviously experiencing different things that we go through life and it's on us to learn or to keep repeating those those events i discovered through my own journey with things that were happening to me and following my intuition really really strong is like those moments in my life were very vivid like you have to keep knocking on this door and this door to get to where you're going and mm-hmm. all those doors always led me to a past life regression and um, how did you know it was a past life regression i did not know that was the, the name i mm-hmm. i i just started putting dots together pretty much and mm-hmm. um, i always had a very strong desire to go to countries where monks lived where culture very very spiritual places and very different to anything i've ever grew up in like Mm -hmm. argentina we're far away from anything related to a monk right yeah and and i always very christian i was brought up a christian i went to nuns school right like (laughs) and i studied in a catholic university i did two years of theology i i love religions but I consider myself more spiritual than religious mm-hmm. because that's always been me and I couldn't have this type of reasoning with my father, right? Like he still doesn't understand yeah. where I come from, but I've always felt so, I don't know, driven. Because he's got his belief system, which exactly. is very, very strongly rooted in the Catholic Church. Mm, but know. perhaps, you know, my dad or, or his soul and my soul needed to meet in these lives so that I could, you know, keep exploring my past life so that I could break cycles, so mm-hmm. that I could keep evolving. And perhaps, if, you know, if I hadn't had his soul and other souls that would push me to be more inquisitive about these, I wouldn't have done it, you see. Mm-hmm. So it does come from a belief system and and your intuition so if you're someone who definitely doesn't believe in past lives then you you know it's almost like you might not go anywhere because you're already conditioning your mind but if you're willing to explore you might surprise yourself and again when i do the past life regressions i use hypnosis as a means to quieten mm-hmm. the mind get the conscious mind out of the way and really tap into the subconscious and soul that will take you to different life experiences that have got to do with whatever it is the issue you want to be exploring are you sometimes trying to with your clients say are you sometimes trying to show them your belief system no. that, that maybe is a possibility no, or no, by is no it more means. like trying to access their belief system access their belief system mm-hmm. no because my belief system is mine and it works for me mm-hmm. and and might not work for anybody else but what i do is just try to access their own belief system so that they can tune into their yeah. own experiences and feelings and, and go and find, you know, a better um, picture or a better understanding of what is going on today that they can't resolve on a conscious level. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, some people said, I've tried everything and these and that, and then I, this keep happening. Okay. Well, that's when I say, well, have you tried to explore past life? Because you might be carrying these from a past experience and it keeps knocking at your door so that you attend to it, <laughs> mm. right? And you've tried in so many logical ways and you still can't. Well, it's clearly... Yeah, logic will tell you to try something else, try something new. Then perhaps you need to try something very different. Mm. And and if you're open, you can always find answers. Um, 
But it's, it is very linked with people's belief system too. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, for me personally, that wouldn't align with my beliefs. And for me to believe in reincarnation of souls would mean everything else I believe in is dismissed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't really be prepared to give up mm. everything that I do believe in. So, but that's just me personally, and it doesn't mean I hundred percent agree that it it does work for you and does help other people. So, if you're helping people, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, and I agree. And 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 if your belief system is helping you and is working for you, then I strongly recommend you stick to it. Yeah. As long as you feel like you are evolving. Yeah. Keep evolving. <laughs> yeah. By all means, there's not only one way to evolve. I mean. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> if you do know, just please let us all know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. But it's very personal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the theme throughout all of your work is helping people. Mm. That really speaks to who you are as a person. So you're a good person. You want to help people. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Naya. <laughs> Thank it's a good you. thing. You know, it's um, a very gratifying thing. Yeah. It is. Because I've said this, I've said this in other... Um, episodes as well but everyone has a choice what to do with their lives mm. and you're choosing to help people so well done you know there's always there's a, a million other things you could be doing there's always a choice and um, how does it feel when you help someone overcome a trauma or even help someone achieve a better future for themselves what do you get back from that it's um <laughs> when it finally sinks in <laughs> it's amazing what do you mean when it finally sinks in? <laughs> because oh, with the person? No, with, with, with me, because I see the transformation or the change because they tell me, right? They share it with me and yeah. I see it. And and it's this thing, this feeling like, wow, you know, I still get these, this feeling of, wow, we did it. And, yeah. you know, not that I did it, you did it, but in a way it's like, this is amazing. It, it works and it works so well. Wow. And the, the feeling then is just so empowering and it's very elating. You just mm-hmm. want to keep doing it. You just want to have that chance to help others because not in a million freaking gallion years I would have thought I would be in a position or have such a tool to help others, right? Mm-hmm. I think that for me went from one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. From students, right? When I'm on a on a, on a list, on a language list, and many times students open up and share things and it's beyond what I planned the listen. And sometimes I put the listen aside and I just listen, you know, that yeah. this is something that I, I don't know, it's always been in me. And 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 being able to listen and perhaps help or suggest has always been part of me. And I think that the same thing happened when I was a massage therapist. You know, people either pass out on the massage table and don't say anything or just can't stop talking. Mm. And they share and they ask and, and you're just listening, actively listening. And you, well, I'm someone who actively listens like I do care. Otherwise, what would I be there, right? So one thing kind of led to the other to okay, what better tool can I bring into the equation so that I can help people even better that at the same time is in tune with myself and my beliefs and my own life experience and so many things lined up. That's how I got into hypnotherapy and that's why I don't think I could ever stop doing any of the things that I do, you know. Perhaps massages one day when my body just tells me stop is too much, right? (laughs) Yeah, but you haven't got that stop yet it hasn't no, happened not yet. yet not yet and that's why I think I'm always going to be one of those persons who's always going to be researching yeah. studying and because I I believe that there's not not every tool fits every person right like you need different tools for different jobs so you might as well have different tools to help different type of people and different circumstances you know these that's you, a great analogy that I can really relate to you're a carpenter <laughs> right like you would know these yeah and I love tools I spend my weekends in the hardware store just thinking about the next tool I want to buy because <laughs> Each tool I have makes me do my job better, you know, that's the way I think about it. Exactly. Yeah. You do need that investment, don't you? And yeah, you, you create better things, bigger things, more detailed things, right? Yeah. More creative things. Yeah, and more efficient ways of doing things. And it's just, yeah, it's an evolution and improvement all the time. Mm. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to keep evolving, you want to keep uh, picking up new tools what's next or how do you see the next few years well, keep developing all these skills 
and deepening my own studies. Like I'm now doing uh, papers on coaching just to have a different understanding. You know, coaching is more conscious level, right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Whether I pursue that or not in the future but I need that understanding too but there's always something is I'm also doing different levels of sound healing you know working with the Tibetan singing bowls hello yeah. but you know going back to this place where you go and find monks right but can we finish the episode on one of those yeah yeah we can yeah yeah I'll but not quite yet no I'll bring one. it <laughs> one more question okay so just to sign off have you got any like inspirational messages to somebody who is looking for help or just looking for their path or anything any nugget of wisdom share share with share that feeling whether it's a a gut feeling or an insecurity or a strong determination if you don't know if you're unsure search for the right person and and share it because when you start sharing and opening up you can find an easier more direct way to get to where you want to get First, you have to pull your thoughts in order, find the right words, attach the right feelings, find the right person. And by the time you actually go and share, you already have a, you know, a better understanding of, of what is it that you want or what you're lacking. And perhaps it helps you find the right path so that you can get to where you want to get. You know, keeping it to yourself is not always a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a right person you can share yeah. something with I would recommend yeah. find that right person that helps you put your ideas and feelings in order because then it's just get easier so I said I think that we we all rise as a collective it brings more awareness into what you you yeah. want and how to get it That's awesome maybe we continue to rise <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could do the Tibetan bowl thing yeah Should have brought the gong. Wow, that's so powerful, that first one. Yeah. It gets quite loud. It is. Yeah. yeah. They can all get very loud. Right, yeah. Yeah. So imagine when you've got the place on your body. You get the vibration of the sound through your body that's as well. Right. Yeah. yeah, so all those vibrations go inside of you. Wow, that's powerful. Very cool. Cool. <laughs> awesome, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Today